Hello, Acaville Radio. Welcome to another episode of Talk Appella. I am one of your hosts, Brian Alexander, and joining me as always is... Alicia Edwards. Brian, how are you today? I'm doing pretty well. Alicia, how are you doing today? How are you managing quarantine at this time? I'm actually not quarantined. I mean, I don't go out because I'm a homebody. Let's be real. But Mm -hmm. I do still go to work every day. Oh, that's nice. And I mean, it is until your workplace makes national news because of hundreds of people who crammed into a meeting hall without masks. Yeah, yeah, that's got to be pretty We won't get into that, but it it was a scary time at work yesterday. Right. So if I were to ask you, on a scale of one to 10, the whole entire quarantine experience, the whole COVID experience, you know, just looking at your day-to-day routine, how, how would you rate it so far? You know, are you, are you doing pretty well? Is that so-so at five? It's going pretty well, nine? What would you say? I would probably put it at like a seven or okay. a six because there's room for improvement, hands down. But like, I'm still going to work. I'm fortunate in that I still have a job full-time. My husband still has a job full-time. We haven't really been affected financially, like, with cuts, at least not yet, which fingers crossed we don't get to that point. Um, he's working from home, so his day to day is much different because he doesn't have to go into the office or anything. My day to day, I commute about 40 minutes each way, so I still do that. I have had a few days during the time that I have worked from home, but I mean, largely my day to day hasn't been affected, which has been fortunate. How about you? Yeah, well, uh, overall, it sounds like yours is going pretty well. Mine, I would say, you know what? I can't complain. I think I'm about a seven or so okay. as well. I okay. think the most difficult decisions I deal with on a daily basis is, you know, what what TV show am I going to watch tonight? I really can't complain. I'm like, we're still there working over here. There is a and, very you know? funny TV show you need to watch. Which would be? It's called Letter Kenny. I have not heard of that. Oh, is it's, that? Maybe I have heard of it. It's on Hulu and it's about a town called Letter Kenny in Canada. And it's just kind of ridiculous and outrageous but really funny like, like i know what show you're talking about the napoleon dynamite almost yeah i think i know what show i, I show does not look very appealing not appropriate for children yeah well i get that okay well I'm, you know no. what i'm glad that we are both doing well and you know now yeah, we get to to fill our day with some fun conversations about acapella yeah. and so on that note today's episode is actually going to be a really interesting one normally we take the route of really doing this deep dive and exploration through the lens of you know performers and you know sometimes sound technicians and people that are running organizations things like that today so i'm really excited for our today's guest because he's giving us the best of both worlds joining us is ted stark from texas ted is a really good friend of mine he did a lot of cool things with us with the green tones and so we're excited to have him on so ted how are you doing i'm doing well how are you today you know when i'm not stumbling over my words i'm doing pretty well perfect i expected ted it was not perfect (laughs) everything i expected for my introduction you know what i I mean you know brian so there's right in my mind i'm not surprised in my mind i had that going a certain way and it completely went off the rails (laughs) and so you know what the best you can do is run with the punches go with the punches whatever that phrase is so yeah i feel like you have a famous name (laughs) yes my last name is famous for reasons that i like you won't even have yes a good point i can't tell you how many times i've heard are you Tony Stark's cousin? Oh. Are you going to avenge Ned Stark for getting beheaded? No, you can't say that. Some of our listeners may not have seen that yet. Oh, well. Hey. Granted, I mean, it was what? How many years I'm like, ago? At this it, point. Was, it was the first season. <laughs> so if you haven't watched it at this shame point, on. shame on And then my first name was actually given to me after Theodore Roosevelt. Theodore. And that's what my parents decided to name me after. I also think of Which like is... how I met your mother. Have you met Ted? Yes. <laughs> yes. Ted is actually, I believe you got that quite a bit back in the college days. Fantastic. I remember, I remember a few occasions, but yeah, we won't speak of that. Well, let's dive into the fun, shall yeah, we? All right. Ted. So Ted, you're in the hot seat. So we're just going to grill you for the next I'm... hour or so. I don't know. So tell us what experience you have in music or the arts. Okay. Well, I grew up in a rather, I don't want to say poor neighborhood, but I grew up in a a rather downplayed area of Harlem in New York City. Oh, cool. And yeah. New 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 York York is the cool part, not the the down. (laughs) I think it's very cool that you come from New York. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I grew up in Harlem 
spent most of my life there and went to high school where the music and the arts programs weren't really as prevalent as some of the sports programs. We had an amazing basketball team, an amazing baseball team. We had well, I, would, I would hope a good basketball team in Harlem. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> no, we were amazing. We were absolutely amazing. We had a lacrosse team, fencing team. Whoa. But no band. We had music class, but we had no band. And this was what what grades? This was ninth through 12th. You had a music class in high school. But no, yes, but no band. That's very strange to me. I've never, I've only heard music in like K through five schools. We had, we did have music class. We, we, they taught us music theory. Interesting. Different notes. And that was actually where I picked up my first instrument, which is the trumpet. Oh, cool. And absolutely fell in love with it. Loved everything about music. And while we didn't have a band, the band teacher or the music teacher created <laughs> a music teacher created a little ensemble of some of his best students okay. so it was me on trumpet one of my very best friends jonathan on saxophone he played guitar the music teacher did and one other person on drums and we had a little jazz quartet nice that would perform at rally in the school and but nothing outside of that after i graduated high school and moved here i became involved with a woman and she actually went to unt and met brian <laughs> mm-hmm. and so, so that you- was how I became a part of... So were you actually... You weren't a student then at UNT? No. Oh, okay, okay. No, I was just dating someone who went there. That happens, yeah. Yeah, I, I was dating her... Ever since she graduated high school, so I was there moving her in the first wow. and throughout most of her college career. And so when she met Brian, she came home one day and she was like, "Oh my God, Teddy, I can't. I, I have to tell you about there. I met these two guys because it was you and Trent and." You know, I met these two amazing guys and they want to start an acapella group and I really want to sing in it and, and I'm so excited. And I was like, okay, cool. That sounds <laughs> that sounds nerdy. Very nerdy. I, while I played trumpet, I never sang in any kind of group capacity before the green tones. I, I knew that I could hold a note. Right, right. But I, I wasn't like Adam Lambert or anything. I, wasn't I was going to say, even, okay, to be fair though, even people who can sing are not like Adam Lambert. This is for he too. He's the first singer that popped in my head. <laughs> so I'm comparing myself. Wow. So after she told me this, I went with her for, I believe, their first meeting. And that's where I met Brian and Trent. And it was just absolute magic from the first time I met them. I automatically knew we were going to be best friends. And that kind of spiraled into everything <laughs> that happened with the Green Tones. So it's, it's kind of interesting the way you stumbled upon acapella music. It's funny in a way because normally we get people on the show and just like, at least, you know, in my case, you know, I stumbled upon it from watching YouTube videos and other people got into it because they heard a group singing in a stairwell or some other crazy story from our guest that comes up. And yours is... You you were dating a girl and she was your introduction into acapella, which is really, really cool because yeah, at the end of the day, we talk a lot about networking and acapella and we talk about really bringing people from the outside in. So that's, you know, what better way than, hey, you know, a relationship to make your way into that. And that's fair. A, that's a very fair. unconventional way oh, to absolutely. find out. <laughs> to be fair, I did know about acapella music right. before okay. I listened to... Boys to Men did a couple of good. Which one was it? Yesterday. Oh, great! They did cover. a version of Yesterday. Shy. Ooh. If I ever fall in love. Right. Okay. Yeah. They had an amazing acapella version. A couple other artists. That so I was familiar with the concept, but I didn't know anything about collegiate acapella. I didn't know that. To kind of quote a, a phrase from New York, I didn't know it went as hard as it. <laughs> collegiate acapella. It's about hey, it. Hey man, they there's do. nothing more they serious do. than a group of acapella singers. Come on, college acapella. Okay, I don't, I don't know about that, but let's not. Go <laughs> I mean, that, that is still pretty. <laughs> too much. Too much. Maybe uh, a, little a little bit. bit. Right. Okay. So we kind of have a sense now of your introduction into it. So looking at it. And this is interesting because we're approaching an almost it's almost a little bit of a fan of the genre but at the same time your involvement in it was much more than just a fan so at least in terms of the green tones which is a, a group that i co-founded as ted mentioned with my freshman uh year roommate you were actually while you weren't an official vocalist and singer with the group you were our very first business 
man- manager because you were around the group so much. You did so much for us in terms of, you know, support. If we can kind of go back to those days, you know, what do you remember about that time of, you know, seeing the group form and just kind of helping to support them? What comes to mind when you think about that time being in the position that you were in? There are a couple things. I do remember, I guess the very biggest thing I remember was where you started versus where you guys ended up when you left college and when Stephanie decided to leave college as well. Because when you guys first started, you were taking everyone. You were like, can you sing? Can you Yeah, I guess that's kind of true. Yeah. Yeah, because there weren't any auditions, not as strict as they were by the time you ended up leaving. Because by the time you ended up leaving, there were multiple stages of the interview process. But in the beginning, it was just, hey, you sing, I sing, we all sing, let's sing. (laughs) It was amazing to see that progression of building the foundation of the green tones, Mm -hmm. you know, making the, not commandments, but the kind of like the bylaws of the group. Like Um, a charter. Yeah, like a charter. Putting together different powers of leadership. So music director, president, co-president, treasurer. You didn't have that in the beginning. Right. It was just, let's all sing together. And, you know, I remember the very first trip that you made to Acapalooza. And then the very first trip you made to ICCA. And, and just seeing that progression from a bunch of college kids that just loved making music to a bunch of college kids that have a dream and now are coming out with their first EP CD. I was absolutely honored to be a part of that in any capacity that I could, you know, because I knew even though even though I was a bu- the business manager for a while, you know, I felt for a very long time that I wasn't really a part of the group. Like I supported you as much as I could, but I had a unique perspective of looking from the outside in where I knew all of you personally and I knew what you were bringing to the table. But also as a fan, you know, seeing the quality of music mm-hmm. go from Viva La Vida. Oh, taking to, us back there. Wow. <laughs> to mm-hmm. Like uh, 15. Yeah. Which was probably one of my favorite songs from the CD. Yeah. Like seeing that transition. Right. It was a huge jump. And it's so interesting. And I'm listening to everything and I'm processing it. And looking back, I didn't realize how important the role of someone in your position was to groups. We talk a lot of times about internally what groups can do to really elevate themselves, to take themselves to the next level, develop in terms of development. But we really don't really talk enough about, you know, keeping a group grounded. And in my mind, that's what you did for a lot of the things that you helped to accomplish with the group. You kept us grounded you gave us honest feedback you were like that and in a way you were really like an, not only the business manager you were like an unofficial advisor i know lots of groups out there they have advisors normally it's someone a faculty member of the school who normally has some kind of role in the music department but at the end of the day what does an advisor do they're there to guide you they're there to make sure that you're on track and achieving your goals and in my mind that's what you played a part in doing for the group. And I don't know if groups consider that enough. You know, what are they doing to really keep themselves grounded, to keep themselves focused and to keep themselves progressing at the end of the day? So for you, if we can maybe just dive a little bit more, what would you say was like the benefit of being like a business manager or you're just your role with the group? Because we talked that it was more than just a business manager at the end of the day. What would you say was the benefit or what what did you enjoy about the time you spent with the group? Oh boy, that is, oh, that's a loaded question because there, there's so much and I don't want to fill an entire hour. Well, of well just give us one or two. About, that, well, well, hey, you did I, say you wanted to be surprised, right? Yes. There you yes, go. No, I'm there a, you go. Bamboozle. Mission accomplished. I, mission accomplished. We could head back, boys. I will say one of the biggest benefits that I received from being in my position was kind of vicariously living out my dream of being a singer through you guys because I was able to input my ideas and my opinions, my feedback. And it was a unique type of feedback because I remember you guys asking me several times, well, what do you think of this? Or what do you think of that? And it wasn't from a music director perspective. It wasn't in terms of do these notes fit well together or do the arpeggios work or do the vibratos work? It was more of a, does it, would it, would a fan Mm. think that it sounds good? Yeah, that's important. And I absolutely loved being that person for you guys because there were a couple songs where I was like, "Mm, probably don't do that. (laughs) You guys should definitely (laughs) Uh, not go on stage. Like, please. I'm thinking of like when the wife asks the husband, does this dress make me look fat? Oh boy. Like you want an honest answer. But at the same time, it's like, 
Yeah. Yeah. Especially I'm imagining if like one of the members arranged it or something. Yeah. I'm curious as to what kind of challenge, well, kind of along with that, were there any drawbacks for you? Maybe that was one of them. And, and what kind of challenges in general would you say you faced that the members probably didn't have to worry about behind the scenes? There weren't a lot of challenges. You were just perfect. I will definitely not say that. <laughs> I did have some, I don't want to say arguments. I'll say disagreements with I some of the members. Disagreements with some of the members. Mm-hmm. But I always kept it respectful. Good for um, you. Because that's, even that's though... That's hard nowadays. Well, I was in a unique perspective where I knew that they valued my opinion. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I knew that I also, I wasn't in the group. Right. Yeah. So so I could give them my opinion, but I can't be like, this is what you need to do. And this is where the direction you need to go. I could advise them on what I've seen from them so far and what I project that they will be capable of doing in the future. But I wasn't able, I wasn't in a position to tell them to do anything. And I always kept that mindset. So there weren't any drawbacks. But in terms of challenges, it was challenging not to always, I want to say advocate for my girlfriend for certain. <laughs> Interesting. I was biased. Yeah. In my, in right. My, in my eyes, she was perfect in every way. She hit every note every single time. And, and if someone disagreed with that, they were wrong. They were absolutely. I've had discussions with Brian yeah. sometimes, a couple times mm-hmm. about that. And then I, you know, he very politely said, you know, you need to slow your roll. She's not the only person in the group. Interesting, like, to hear that out loud. I'm like, I definitely know it happened, but just to, like, hear it verbalized, it was just like... I never verbally said... Yeah, right. ...anything, but in the back of my mind, I was like, <laughs> she could outsing so many of these. That I'm not detracting from their vocal performance. Right. They were all amazing, yeah. but I was... She was time. over the top. Yeah. 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 And it's yeah, and it's hard not to have that you know unbiased opinion when it comes to elements like that. Not that you can't be unbiased because you clearly, as you said yourself, you gave a lot of constructive criticism and feedback in terms of hey, is this what the everyday person would really enjoy from what you guys are doing? But at the same time, you know, you did have a relationship with someone in the group, so that added another dynamic. Something else that comes to mind when I think about all of this is even now to this day, you have a relationship with a lot of alumni members from the group. You still keep in touch with people who have come through the group. You not only had a relationship with the members from the beginning phase of the group, you also had a relationship with other alumni members and people who came through the group at a later point. And with that, you had a lot of firsthand experiences in terms of connections, traveling to shows, things of that nature. But what I also found interesting, as a close friend of yours and just interacting with people still from the group to this day, you offered a lot in terms of emotional support for the group, which I don't know if we really talk about that enough when it comes to acapella music. We're so devoted towards the music, which the music, of course, should be priority. Don't get me wrong. But there's a lot that needs to be said for the functioning of a group in terms of, you know, the social aspect, the mental, the emotional, all of that stuff is super important, especially when you're dealing with a group of young adults. When you look back on the different conversations you have with people, maybe even just away from the music, were there any like highs and lows for you personally? Did it make you feel a certain way just being that person that the group could just turn to just to, you know, I'm just going to release this off of me today because I need something to keep me connected outside of the music? Yeah, absolutely. I grew up in a household of primarily women. I was raised by my older sister. I had my mother in my life. I had my aunt. I had several female parental figures through teachers and counselors. So I never considered myself a super tough guy. I always had and still have a very, I guess, unique connection to my emotions and when I was a part of the group I kind of said to myself I'm not going to be able to help singing wise I can't do a voice part I'm not going to be there in terms of setting up a CD or planning a trip so what can I do in order to help the group in order to to relieve some of the stress from y'all's lives because you were doing all of the hard work you were going on stage and performing these songs you were memorizing over a dozen songs for each performance you know you were grinding dance routines voice parts making sure the blending is good making sure the harmonies are good making sure the lead singer feels comfortable so the last thing in my opinion that you guys needed 
was more stress in terms of someone driving you to where you needed to go or someone recording your performance whenever you did it. So that's why I stepped up and put myself in that position. I was always the camera guy. I remember there was a time, I can't remember where we were driving. I think it was you and me where we both drove, I think 16 or 18 hours straight. (laughs) That was to an ICCA competition. That was to an ICCA competition. We never never switched. I believe it was Georgia. Georgia or oh, Tennessee? That sounds was terrible. One of the two. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was. But to their credit, they were very understanding. I think <laughs> they gave us a room by ourselves, and they were like, "Please sleep. We're gonna go practice or something, but y'all need to sleep for the night." So as yeah. soon as we parked the vans, I literally like <laughs> flopped on the bed and slept oh for what, like eight hours. Yeah, eight it was crazy. crazy. I remember that. But hey, that's what you that do for horrible. the group sometimes. And yeah, you're right. I come. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's insane. Yeah. So there were a lot that really went into your involvement with the group. I'm like, we're really just scratching the surface. And and on that note, we do have to take a quick commercial break. Uh, But we're going to come back and continue speaking with Tad Stark, a man of many talents when it comes to acapella music. And uh, we'll be right back on Talkapella. Are you an aspiring sound engineer? Have we got a show for you? The Headroom Podcast is a podcast for aspiring sound engineers in the contemporary acapella genre. Join Kyle Howard and Ricky Jabarin as they break down the different stages of audio production and chat with other producers about their techniques to achieving the best sound. You can find the Headroom Podcast on Acaville Radio Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Remember, Acaville is the place where you can find all the latest in acapella information. And welcome back to Talkapella. That's nice to see you guys again. We are Thank back you. here on Tacapella with Ted Stark, not to be confused with Ned Stark or um, Tony Stark or Tony so. Stark or Ted Mosby. Ted. I was really trying to think Ted of these. I'm like, Teddy Ruxpin, Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah, yeah. The list goes on. Ted brings a very unique perspective to the acapella world as he has been a fan of acapella for many years. And he also served as the business manager, the original business manager, can't leave that detail out, of the UNT Green Tones, which was the group that Brian co-founded at the University of North Texas. It's been a pretty fun conversation and it's been very comical. We've had a lot of fun, but we've also had some really great conversations. But before we jump into the segment and like the real meat of it, Ted, I got to ask you, what's the most embarrassing memory you have of Brian? Oh, boy. How much time do you have? We we have like 15 (laughs) seconds left in the show. 15 seconds. There was a time where the Dallas Mavericks won the NBA championship (laughs) and we were celebrating. Everything was really nice. And he was on the second story of an apartment complex. And so as we walked outside, it was gated before it went down to the grass below and i looked down and i don't know how the conversation started but i said something along the lines of oh well i was watching on a show that if you jump forward and then at the last minute you do a roll you'll be able to shift the kinetic energy or something like that (laughs) i thought i was a ninja warrior he basically said no you can't stop being stupid to which i replied don't be i'm not stupid you're stupid so he dared me to do it to jump off of the second story. Wait, wait, wait. You realize this? I asked you an embarrassing story about Brian, right? Okay, I do. Okay, double check. I, I, I said, okay, I'll do it if you do it after <gasps> me. I don't approve of this story said, being told, by the way. And he said, no problem. I'm not scared. He said something a little differently, but I'm going to say he said, I'm not scared. <laughs> I show. go for yeah. yeah, family friendly show. I remember. So I jump first. I misjudge the jump by a lot. So I fall straight down like a rock falling down a well. Oh my gosh. And I land on my feet and then the rest of my body accordion onto the ground. <laughs> I fall flat on my back. I'm in an immense amount of pain. It was a pretty not, hilarious sight. It was absolutely hilarious. And in the middle of like cry laughing from all the pain, I was like, okay, Brian, it's your turn. Mm-hmm. And... He decided to say, no, no, thank you. I'm not going to subject myself. To <laughs> yeah, because it looked like turned, it hurt. As he turned around, one of our dear friends, <gasps> Golden, looked at Brian and said, if you don't jump, I'm going to throw you. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> now, Golden is a very intimidating figure. Oh, so Brian man. said, all right, fine. I'll, I'm going to do it. I ain't scared. <laughs> I can hear Brian saying that. Now, now I have a quick question for you. If you were about to do something and you saw someone do it incorrectly the first time, <laughs> what would you do? I would not do what they did. You would not. You know do what? what? And that's did. what I tried to do. And see, uh, see keyword being tried. He threw himself and I will say he got about five inches farther than I did, but he still <laughs> fell like a rock. And the sound that he made when he hit the floor sounded something along the lines of like, Ugh! This is a terrible story to be telling, by the way. So here we are. We're, we're both on the floor, like racking in pain, but he can't get up. Oh, no. He, so our friend Golden has to come downstairs, pick him up like a baby, and take him back to his apartment Thank to end you. the story he knocks on my door because i don't have any broken bones he ends up knocking on my door the next day with crutches what was it that you ended up having micro fractures micro fractures in both ankles it was a very <laughs> dumb thing for me to do this is a, a very young part of my life where I, you know i was very immature not thinking children all. do not follow their example Please don't. I have never jumped Please. off a balcony. Follow my example. Yeah. And I regret that you ever asked this question, Alicia. I <laughs> definitely don't. But I'm glad you both survived to tell the tale. Yeah. So that's that's where we're yeah. at. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's how we solidified our friendship. And, and now we talk about acapella music. And back yeah. to acapella. So friendship oh, is, is forged in pain. That is good. Clearly. I love it. So Ted, tell us what's most appealing to you about acapella music. Oh man, there's so much, but. One of the, I guess one of the biggest things that I love about acapella music is the way that people can manipulate their voices to make sounds that I've never heard of. We all know there are some amazing beatboxers that can do amazing things with their sound. There are basses that could go three octaves below the measure, four octaves below the measure. But there, there are some people, the first thing that comes to mind is there was a Puerto Rican group oh, yes. called Nota. Oh, great group. They won the first season of the sing-off. And what I love the most about them was that the beatboxer in particular and the bass made certain sounds that were authentic to Puerto Rico. They they did conga sounds and they, they did coqui sounds, which is a, a native frog to Puerto Rico. It's actually, I believe it's a national animal. I can't, I can't remember off the top of my head. But yeah, the way they were, it wasn't just regular beatboxing. It had an authentic Puerto Rican sound to it. There are other acapella groups that I can't name off the top of my head. That was the, I, I was listening to Nota before I started the okay. conversation with you guys, which is why they popped in first. But there are some that just, that sound, oh, what was it? Home Free? Oh, oh yeah. Did Man of Constant Sorrow. Yep. That one sound that's kind of native to southern songs, that wow, wow. Please edit that out. <laughs> there, it, it's just, just the way people innovate, how to use their voice mm -hmm. to make a song sound amazing. Yeah, and I think... Is absolutely what I love. Yeah, and that's such a good point because, you know, I think a lot about the regular type of music that involves instruments and you go and see a group and, you know, normally you know, okay, I'm going to a rock concert, I'm going to a country music concert, I'm going to, you know, hip-hop concert, things like that, and you kind of have a feel of what the music is going to be. With acapella, you could, you know that the group, you could, might know that the group is singing a particular song or you know has a particular theme but the way that they deliver that can be completely unique and different from anything you've ever heard so i agree that it's there's so so much variety when it comes to acapella so yeah so we kind of got a, a little bit of a taste of you know groups that you're into you know you mentioned home free and noda and things like that who are some of your favorite groups and what was the name of that group, Brian? A home free? No, the other one. Nota. Why are you making fun of the way I say you tried, my words you today? You tried your best. You it's know? Okay. Well, that. you know, I have a different way of saying words apparently at times. Apparently. Besides home free and Nota, <laughs> a couple definitely Pentatonics. I've been a huge fan of them ever since they were on the sing off. Voice play is another good really group. good, really good group. They actually lost one of their singers. Oh, really? Lost. Well, I, I don't mean they died. You gotta choose your <laughs> yeah. words, man. Yeah, no, he he ended up pursuing other interests. Mm. But they're they're a group that I follow. There's an all female group called Citizen Queen that oh. when I first heard them, they did a cover of Never Enough from The Greatest Showman, and it was absolutely phenomenal. 
the way that they harmonize is out of this world. And so those have been a couple of the groups that I've been listening to on a regular, at least. I, I had to write these down so I can go check them out if I hadn't <laughs> oh, heard absolutely. of them. Yeah, I love, I love that you're plugging these groups. Normally we get just, you know, we stay in a certain area with our guests, but this is such another wonderful element of this episode is you're like bringing a lot of groups that people really need to be checking out. I know Citizen right. Queen is, man, they're up and coming and boy, they're they're rocking and I got rolling. It. I, I thought about making a really bad joke. I was going to be like, what was that one group? Pento, Pento what? Who, who are those guys? Right. Pentatronic Pentecostal. That show's off the rails today, people. But it's been fun. Right. So, so to kind of go along with that, so, okay, we have a sense of kind of groups you lean towards. What about your all-time favorite, like, tracks? Like, when you're, we, I know that you listen to a lot of acapella tracks like me. You watch a lot of videos. What are some ones that stand out in your mind? The ones that stand out to me are the ones... And not to toot your horn or anything, but they're kind of the ones that you introduced me to. Okay. So, Come Sail Away, which I believe was by the Beelzebub. Yeah. By the Tough Beelzebubs. Mm. Separate Ways. Oh, great one. By the Dartmouth Airs. Mm. I mean, a, a couple of Straight No Chaser songs. I mean, I, we we bonded. Our friendship bonded because I knew absolutely nothing about acapella and you knew everything about acapella. <laughs> he and still so, does. Yeah. I wouldn't say everything, but... I do spend an ungodly amount of time listening to acapella music. And so yeah. I, this is something I've never admitted to you and I've never admitted to Stephanie, but there would be times where I would come to you and ask you about different acapella groups. And while it was because I did want to know about different songs, there was another another hidden agenda, which was that I wanted to get closer to the group that she was in because she loved it so much. She absolutely adored your group. And when I first started becoming involved, I didn't really know a lot. I didn't feel like I had a lot to offer. I was a stranger watching people my age sing. And and I wanted to be a part of it, you know. So, so you know, they're, they're, most of the songs that I can remember loving the most that I could put on repeat right now are songs you kind of like we, we would sing in the car. Whenever we would go somewhere, we we're like, yeah, we're going to play Come Sail Away. We're going to play separate ways. And I, and with that, and Alicia, I'm also curious to hear your thoughts on that. I find that very interesting. And I'm curious on, you know, is that an actual critique of acapella or what? Because it, at the end of the day, it is such a niche type of thing. Because yeah, no, they're totally acapella, you know, we have our small group. And within that, you know, there are people that just live and breathe acapella. And the, what goes along with that is at times some groups, you know, and some people, People, they do have a tendency to kind of create this environment where it's just like, man, just to really feel connected, you really have to know your stuff when it comes to this, which can at times really kind of push people on the outside, you know, kind of keep them away from coming into it. And, you know, I'm wondering, what do we do there in that case? Because we clearly want people to love and enjoy this music as much as we do. But at the same time, if, you know, if you're not up to date on the latest groups, it can be a little bit overwhelming. Any thoughts, Alicia, on that? Well, I think there are things groups could do to be more welcoming, like maybe hold a workshop, maybe to invite people who maybe want to get some exposure to it. Because, I mean, you hear like there's acapella groups that just do concerts or they just do shows. That's what they do. But there's not really a huge opportunity for people to interact with them on a pretty close basis. I think it's important for acapella groups to be in touch with their communities because I think as they do that, they'll be able to garner more support, whether it's for their music, for them as people, financially. And it's not that they need, they should be doing it to like get a leg up on and advance themselves. It's just a good thing for community to be involved. And I think that as members of acapella groups can do that, I think they will in the future, like in the long run, build more support for the community, the acapella community at large. And I think that's so important in anything you do. Right. So Ted, what's something you think, because we've talked about how acapella is such a specialized genre that certain people are really into, but not everyone, what is something you think that contemporary acapella groups can do to appeal to more people? Is there anything you think they can do to become more mainstream? I can't speak for other 
groups because each group operates differently. As you said, there are some that just do concerts and some that just do shows and stuff like that. I can say what worked for me the most in feeling included with the green tones and what kind of made me advocate for them as much as I did was the fact that they knew they were as good as they were, but they never showed it. They were always extremely humble. Humility goes such a long way. It doesn't matter if you sell one CD or a million, you know, it's all about the music and about the fans. And I know that the Green Tones appreciated each and every fan that ever helped them out. They did personalized thank you notes, like uh, video thank you notes, where they actually sang to people that donated a certain amount. And they always stayed after every concert and talked to people. Whenever we would go to Applebee's <laughs> after, because it was like a tradition after every concert, Applebee's. Yeah, that is fantastic. so true. And whenever the waiter would, because they would inevitably ask, well, why are you guys all together? Was it like a, were you guys having like a little shindig? And they would say, oh, we're, well, we're singers. And whenever either a guest, like a patron or one of the waitresses would say, hey, would you mind singing something for us? They were never cocky about it. They said, sure. And sometimes we got free food out of it. <laughs> Which was the, the big reward for doing all that. I, I really the big did. reward for doing yeah. it. But yeah, the biggest thing was treating your fans like family. And, and I'm a prime example of that. I mean, before everything else, I am a fan. And they always treated me like family. Despite what I did for them, despite everything, they knew that me as a fan always had their best interests at heart. I only wanted them to get better and better. And they, they always treated me with respect. And that's the biggest thing that I believe some acapella groups can learn from is to not let your ego get as big as your popularity. Mm, that's, I like that. That's a really good statement. And I think that, man, that really applies to a lot of music. I'm like music in general, because huh? you think of all the, you know, these major artists, you know, they have their fan groups they have. And I hate using this as a reference just because I, for one, am not somebody that enjoys her music, but Taylor Swift has her Swifties at the end of the day. And she has her, the fan group. And and you have special access and things like that. So she does a lot, as Ted is saying, to bring the audience in to not just the music, but into feeling like they're part of something special. And so I completely agree. And I get where you, you come should from. have named your fans. Uh, we should have like Green Tones fans. You should have. We what should have they, had a name. I know for what they would have been like the Greenies or that sounds it was good. Thing that probably, came not, to my... probably not. That. Probably not that. Hey, well, this is what happens. Oh, on the oh Lord, you got the Greenies. <laughs> OK, hearing it out loud. That sounds terrible. But it was the first thing that came to mind. Oh, wow. OK. Anyway. So, OK. So we got this idea of being humble, which I, I think is very doable for groups. So if you could, with all the honesty in the world, since we have you, we know that you've had the ability in the past to just give criticism and critiques and do it in a very uh, welcoming way. What are some things to you, honestly, what are things that acapella could do better? Where do we need to make improvements? I've come to realize, and this is funny because I was actually speaking to a friend about this. There are some acapella groups that consist of members instead of like they consist of individuals instead of a collective okay yeah at the end of the day this is not like mainstream music you could throw on a beat and mix it and loop it and make it sound amazing on a computer <laughs> and then lay down vocals and make yourself the star right but with acapella music, every single person is a cog in a giant machine. And each cog has a unique function, but one cog doesn't work without every other cog working in unison. And so the perfect acapella group for me is an acapella group of a collective of people that can blend their voices correctly, that knows when to let the lead singer have the spotlight, but when to let the background singer shine. Because even though you might be a background singer, some of my favorite songs, I enjoy the background more than I enjoy the lead vocalist. Because the way that they blend their notes, it makes or breaks a song. Right. No, it totally does. I've actually, the group I'm in now, we've talked about this and I've always said, it doesn't matter how good your soloist is. 
If the mm-hmm. backing parts are not there, the song wow. is going to sound like crap. That is so true. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm like, I, I've been in many performances where, you know what? Right. The soloist was killing it, but the rest of us were not keeping it together, and it just well, suffered. And it, makes, and it ends up making the soloist look bad. Yeah. When all is said and done. That's true. I'm like, you can have yeah. the world's greatest singer, but if it doesn't have the, right. the support there, then what good is, you know, the performance as a whole? To kind of piggyback off of that. If you have a solid foundation, your lead soloist doesn't have as much pressure put on them to carry the rest of the group. You know, I'd rather it would be, you know, an entire group carrying one person as opposed to one person carrying an entire group, you know, and and that gives more flexibility for the soloists to become themselves even more they don't have to feel like they have to put on a flashy show and you know hit riffs like like jesse J or if that backup like you said that foundation is solid it makes it easier for that's always to do yeah at, at the end of the day you don't want your musicians to kind of have to work harder than they they need to because right. those are the best performances where it just feels effortless right absolutely right. so I, i'm curious Ted, where would you like to see acapella head next, like in the future? Is there anything that you think the art form is missing? I love the direction it went in with the Pitch Perfect movies. Regardless of what people's opinion of them might be as movies, no one can deny that it put acapella in a certain spotlight that it's never been put in. Oh, it absolutely yeah, did. Yeah, you're right. And yeah. and people started enjoying acapella. They started mm-hmm. enjoying, you know, college kids started going and seeing if their college right. had an acapella group. Yeah. Right. Or, um, or several. Or several. <laughs> exactly. I would love to see acapella music become more mainstream. We went in the right step by giving Pentatonics a Grammy for the Daft Punk mix. Yeah. But that's the only time that an acapella group was recognized. And it's sad. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'll take six won some awards back in the day. They're Grammy at least Grammy nominated artists. And then like I definitely outs- retract that statement. I'm thinking of stuff outside of like your typical acapella world, like like Akara or Boca. Or- yeah, I would definitely love to see them be on the radio and get played just as much as Usher or yeah. Taylor Swift or Beyonce. Oh, because queen. they're yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Queen. Yeah, I think one of my favorite memories for some random reason is I remember I was just listening to like an R&B station one day and I was driving a few years back and Pentatonix Can't Sleep Love. Is that the name of it? came on can't sleep but that came on and i was like wait that's pentatonix playing on an r&b station how in the world is this happening which was so amazing and so that that's really cool yeah i I hear you though i feel like you know we made some progress there's still more to come so yeah that makes sense i mean i'm loving these thoughts well well thank you for that ted and with that it is time for us to take another break but don't go away fans because we will be right back here on tacapella for some more fun with ted stark we here at Acaville love acapella podcasts, but we noticed there was something missing. Really, there wasn't a forum where multiple people in the industry could get together and talk about topics and conversations about how they're handling all the latest and what's going on in the world and how it impacts them in acapella. Enter Polyphony. Hosted by Acaville founder, Aaron Director, and myself, Rachel Schoenbaum, Polyphony blends voices in the acapella space. Tune in Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, and hear how voices in the community blend in discussion. And we're back on Tacapella here with Ted Stark. It's been lots of fun and we're just going to kind of continue it, but we're going to take a little bit of a different direction here. We'll talk a little bit more about acapella, but this is where we have our round of rapid fire questions, which are my favorite. So Ted, are you ready? I am totally ready. Perfect. Brian, how about you? Always ready. Always ready. And of course I'm ready. So Ted. What genre do you feel acapella groups struggle at the most in terms of covers? I want to say ethnic songs. More like I, I hear a lot of R and B, country, soul. I don't hear a lot of Spanish music. A lot of different ethnic groups that have. I know there are some acapella groups that that do ethnic songs. I think there's an Indian acapella. Di- Pin uh, Masala. I, that, yeah, that performed at Acapulusa one oh, time. Oh, right? yeah, you're thinking of Swarum out of Texas A and M. Yeah. Yeah, but. There, there needs to be more. There definitely needs to be more. I agree. I agree. Which, if you haven't listened to our episode with the the South national Asian acapella, wow. Well, yeah, we had a conversation yeah. on South Asian acapella music, and so go back and listen to that great episode. Yeah. Question number two: What's the best live performance you've ever attended? Definitely, 
I went to a Pentatonix concert in Arlington. Okay. And I believe it was right around the 4th of July, so there were fireworks involved. Oh, nice. Yeah. And it was absolutely amazing because three of the five members, Avi was in the group at the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Three of them were from Arlington. Right. Yeah. 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 So they had a huge hometown welcome and I heard a whole bunch of songs. I asked, was it at the Cowboys Stadium? No, no. It was at a a huge park in Arlington where it was just everything was set up and it was by a lake, which is where they did the fireworks afterwards. Oh, okay. That's awesome. Very cool. Tell us one thing on your bucket list. Hmm. Probably get back into playing trumpet. Okay. Nice. I tried to learn how to play the trumpet one time. It did not go so well. I I used to be really good at it, and I have definitely waned in my performance. That happens a lot going Mm. into your adult years. Well, this is the perfect time to pick up instruments if you have extra time to do so. Yeah. Okay. What is your biggest pet peeve? Stupidity. Love it. Love it. Not that I love stupidity. I love that that is your pet peeve. Probably like ignorant stupidity. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's one thing to not know something. Right. And then be taught that and have your mind change. It's another thing to see something and be ignorant towards it. That is the most frustrating thing in the on the planet. I agree. I totally agree. What is your favorite non-singing activity? Hmm. Spoken word poetry. Really? I used to be a spoken word artist in New York. That's pretty there's, cool. There's a famous poets cafe called the New York and Poets Cafe in Brooklyn, okay. New York. And right before I left to go to Texas, I performed there at a slam poetry contest. Oh, nice. I did not win, but just having the opportunity uh-huh. to perform in, in front of a bunch of people was... Yeah, that's I huge. About that. I right. was in Brooklyn about a year ago. Yeah, it was that's absolutely cool. amazing. All right, I'm going to have to check this out next time I'm in New York. What's one of your most ridiculous talents or skills or abilities? Even if Brian knows about it, and Brian sounds surprised. Okay. Oh, God. I, it's a talent that I had when I was younger. Okay. And it's, if you could call it a talent, I used to be a competitive Pokemon video game competitor. <laughs> Wait a minute. Right. I know you used to play the game. I didn't know you were like, played it competitively. My husband okay, would so, appreciate that. I'll tell you that. He loves Pokemon. So quick two minute tangent. I lived in New York and in Chinatown, they had an underground Pokemon battling what, league. That sounds like so New York. I'm not Boy. even joking. I'm not even joking. <laughs> People would laugh. Because I used to do it in high school, but people were betting 20, 30, 50 bucks per game. Jeez. And it wasn't the trading card game. People used to train Pokemon in the video games oh, okay. and battle them. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh. <laughs> and now, 12 years later, it's 2020, and there's an actual Pokemon World Championship that people play. Did not know that. Who had the last laugh in high school. <laughs> I mean, esports, <laughs> esports is a big deal now. Oh, absolutely. It's totally up and coming. I mean, it's it's already popular, but it'll get more popular. I'm okay. A, yeah. Get popular. Cats or dogs? Dogs. And the streak <laughs> continues. And I love my cat, but I have a dog as well, and he is my world. And I that's a hard question. You put me it's on the spot. Is it though? I is have it really? three cats. I love my cat. Hey. You know, sorry, Alicia. You know, one day, one day we'll find that sorry. person for you. Okay. If you could possess one superpower, what would it be? Well, we'll the power this. I would have would be luck manipulation or oh. probability manipulation. Okay. What's the probability that I'll find a million bucks on the street? Now it's 100%. <laughs> What's the probability that I'll fly when Whoa. I jump off this building? Now it's 100%. Oh, my gosh. How long have you thought about this? I've had that conversation multiple times. <laughs> I feel like this isn't the first time you brought this up to someone. No, not at all. I love it. That is Whoa. genius. Power. Yeah. Okay. What is your go-to karaoke song? Ooh, If You Could Only See by Tonic. I don't think I know that one. I'm familiar with Tonic. I don't know about that one. If You it's Could you're, Only you're gonna... See. I'm going to write that one down. Or maybe I do know that song and I don't know that I know. Hmm. Okay. Nice. All right. Final question. What? is the last album you bought <laughs> this is becoming one of my favorite questions on this segment because nobody buys albums anymore i will say i bought eminem's newest cd oh, okay. uh, music to be murdered by and i had it for free on spotify but i loved it so much that i wanted to buy a physical copy 
so I could have it with me. I approve. I believe that is the most recent album someone has bought when it comes to guests on our show. So I honestly, I have no idea. If you had asked me that question when I was a guest prior to co-hosting with you, I would not have known the answer to it. (laughs) I wouldn't have even known the answer to the first album I purchased. Wow. First album I purchased was a Britney Spears album. Oh, boy. (laughs) Did not see that coming. We did say this episode was going to be full of surprises. Wow. You're welcome. <laughs> Off the record, how old were you when you bought said album? Oh, God. What, 18? That was when I was in my whole Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, NSYNC, so Backstreet Boys, oh, 98 Degrees boy, the phase. Big pop Ooh, phase. I did buy a 98 Degrees CD. I do remember that. Yeah. Wow. I love that. Or I got it as a present. I don't know. Well, there are no judgments on this show. So we do appreciate all of those answers. And once again, man, I'm just... Speak for yourself, Mr. Subsequent. Hey, that that never (laughs) happened. That never happened. Okay, well, thank you, Tap, for those answers to those questions. As per tradition around here, we always like to end our show by giving our audience something that they can walk away with in the form of advice. So we pose to you, if you could offer our listeners some kind of encouraging words, some thoughts, that might have been shared or discussed today you know, or just advice in general, what would you say? The advice that I would give is there is a lot going on in the world right now. A lot of darkness, just a lot of bad vibes, to put it very mildly. But there was a quote that I live by, and I believe it was actually by Mr. Rogers. I might have to double check on that. But he said, in times of tragedy, look for the helpers. Look at those that are trying to make a difference. Don't focus on the bad. Focus on those that are trying to make it better. And for those that are listening, if you are going through anything, you know, we are all here for you. And we need to learn to remember to love each other. Awesome. Man, that was powerful. We really appreciate those words. Ted, and on that note, if our listeners wanted to learn more about you or keep in touch or reach out to you, you know, how could they go about doing that? That's a great question. I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) I am currently working on making my streaming more consistent. Right now, I need to get a better CPU for my computer. But once I do, I will be streaming more consistently. I play a lot of horror games because apparently people like it when I get scared and scream. Yeah, I I do a couple of challenge runs for games like Dark Souls and different challenges to make myself kind of more challenged. Uh, so yeah, my Twitch handle, my Twitter handle, Instagram handle is Falcon of Stark. I believe it's Falcon underscore of underscore stark and you can find me on twitter instagram and on twitch wonderful thanks uh alicia if our listeners wanted to learn more about you where could they go you can find me on twitter my twitter handle is alicia that's e-l-i-c-i-a followed by edwards so alicia edwards 19 and you can also find me on instagram my instagram name is e dot squared 1989 you can also find my acapella group inversion acapella we are on instagram and our instagram name is inversion underscore s LC that stands for Salt Lake City and you can also find us on YouTube and Facebook under Inversion Acapella. What about you Brian? Um, as always you can find me on Twitter at the Brian Alex Brian with an I you can always go and follow all the work that I do with College Acapella on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter and as always please go give Talkapella a follow on Twitter and in addition <laughs> to following us on Twitter you can go back and listen to previous episodes of Talkapella on our website at talkapella.com That's going to wrap it up for us today. We want to thank our guest, Ted Stark, for joining us. We had a wonderful discussion and just really an open and honest environment about the things we love about acapella, the things acapella can do to improve, and, you know, his experiences as someone on both the outside and the inside of acapella. So, Ted, thanks for joining us on today's show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it was lots of fun. It was it was lots of fun, especially learning more about Brian's embarrassing moments. Yeah, we're never going to mention any more embarrassing moments <laughs> in the future episodes. And on that note, please go give Alkaville Radio a follow. Probably listening to the episode on their platform, so why not follow them? Uh, they have a Twitter account, Facebook account, Instagram account, and they also have a website at Alkaville Radio. Man, we just want to say thank you all for listening to today's episode and for everything else. Stay tuned.